1: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to respond to Oklahoma State Representative Judd Strom's claim that conservative parents who are fighting against drag queen grooming of our children in public places are engaging in nothing but, listen to this, populist puff politics. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. Well, if you listened into yesterday's program, you know that I covered the issue of Oklahoma House Bill 2186. It's a bill that just passed out of committee and it will go before the entire House of Representatives here in Oklahoma. It's a bill that would ban drag queen performances and other salacious purient performances in public spaces, especially those where children can have access to those spaces. Essentially, all this bill does is make it illegal to perform or engage in sexually provocative, salacious, purient entertainment in a public park, on a public sidewalk, or on public streets. Why? Because children are there. That's the reason. This bill does not make it illegal to engage in that type of entertainment. It just says take it behind closed doors. Put it in a club put it behind the four walls of whatever establishment you want to do this in, and then make it clear that it's for adults only, and don't allow children or minors to come in. That's all this bill does. And we have a Republican by the name of Judge Strom that represents the county in which I live, or at least parts of the county in which I live, Osage County as well as parts of Washington County here in northeast Oklahoma, who's voted against this bill. And yesterday... I encouraged all of you to call his office and to email him and tell him you disagree. Now, the bill passed out of committee in spite of his negative vote, and it'll go to the entire House floor now for consideration and a vote. So it's important you engage in this because people need to know that you support the bill. You support restrictions on adult performances. This bill calls them cabaret-style performances, sexually explicit, provocative, salacious, purient performances in public parks, on your sidewalks, or on your streets. You don't want it in your community. That's what you're voting for. And I want to give you more information as to what Mr. Strom, Representative Strom, is saying in his defense of voting against this. So I want to take a break right now, and then I'll review some of the things that he said in the newspaper immediately after voting against this bill. And then I'm going to read to you a letter that he sent in response to a concerned citizen who contacted him yesterday, per my coaching, and said, I disagree with what you've done. Please reconsider your position on this. We don't think you're representing the people of Northeast Oklahoma adequately. The majority of us don't want this stuff in our public places, our public spaces. We don't want our children to be exposed to it because it confuses them. Uh, Children should be allowed to be children. Stop compromising their innocence by doing this stuff in the public park that I live next to. I want my kid to be able to ride his bicycle through the park or play football in the park or throw a Frisbee in the park without worrying about some 45-year-old dude in fishnet stockings who's mocking and maligning women by blackfacing them in his drag queen performance. I don't want that guy engaged with my kid. Because by any common sense standard, this is a sexually suggestive and provocative and inviting performance. It's not innocent. It's not a matter of identity. It's a matter of grooming children. Leave our kids alone. Well, Judge Strom disagrees with that, and I'll take a break right now, and after I get back, we'll talk, talk more about his reasons for disagreeing with House Bill 2186. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I'll be right back in a couple minutes.
0: The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance Plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we
1: serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. So let's review yesterday just very, very quickly as I set the context for the rest of today's show. First of all, in review, I want you to remember that you can call Judd Strom's office in Oklahoma City at the Capitol at 405-557-7402. That's 405-557-7402. One more time, 405-557-7402. That's Representative Judd Strom's office at the State Capitol in Oklahoma City. Call. Be gracious. Don't be mean. Don't be vitriolic or hateful. Don't. Don't stoop to that level, but be firm and clear and say, I disagree with you. I think you're misguided. I think you're wrong. I don't, I don't accept your logic or lack thereof in terms of your defense of voting against this. And I'll explain why his logic is poor here in a second. You can also email Representative Judd Strom at judd.strom, S-T-R-O-M, at okhouse.gov. Judd.strom at okhouse.gov. One more time, judd.strom at okhouse.gov. You need to let him know that you disagree. And I would encourage you to contact your respective representative if you don't live in this given district. I don't know who it is because I don't know who it is that I'm talking to. I don't know who you are that's listening right now, that's writing this down. You should be. All of you should be, regardless of where you live, whether it's Oklahoma or Ohio or Oregon, it doesn't matter. Because all of these issues are pertinent to your respective communities. If it's happening in Oklahoma, it's happening in your own backyard. Uh, My constant refrain is, Oklahoma, supposedly the reddest of red states, not one county going blue in several successive presidential elections. Reddest of the red, but yet we're doing this nonsense here in Oklahoma. Bartlesville, Oklahoma, featured a drag queen party and performance in a public park this last summer. Miners were there. And again, who in their right mind thinks that if you've stopped at McDonald's to grab a burger and fries and sit down in the park on a nice summer afternoon with your kids before you go back home, you're, you just want to enjoy the public spaces that your taxes pay for. And all of a sudden, your eight-year-old has to endure some 45-year-old guy that gets his kicks out of dressing up like a woman and dancing around in a sexually salacious and provocative manner, grooming your kid to be interested in this particular quote-unquote identity. Leave our children alone. If you want to do this stuff, take it behind closed doors. And even the sponsor of this bill, Representative West, a conservative Republican, says this, nothing in this bill says that you cannot attend an activity that you want to attend. What it says, just like the chairman pointed out, is this, if it is in the presence of minors, it is harmful to minors. That's what the problem is. The bill stops these public performances. It's HB 2186, and it stops these drag queen performances or other sexually salacious, inviting, impurient performances in public spaces. That's all it does. Well, Judge Strom has a broken logic of trying to disagree and justify his position on this bill. One of the things he says is that it would endanger powder puff football games at your local junior high or high school. Seriously, he actually said that in defense of his vote. Well, I voted against this because if you interpret this bill as it's written, it could make powder puff football games illegal <laughs> at your local high school or junior high or wherever you're having this powder puff football game. Seriously. Well, a couple problems with this. Number one, do you not see the moral distinction between a powder puff football game and this dude dancing around inviting your child, your eight year old, to be interested in his sexual deviancy and confusion? Do you not see the difference here? That's point number one. But on a more liberal side of this argument, if you're a feminist, you probably have difficulty with powder puff football games. You probably think those should stop too. And fine. In our culture today, I would agree with you because to engage in those things is to malign women, to make young women feel uncomfortable. You're stealing things that are theirs and you're appropriating them unto yourself. Talk about cultural appropriation in the extreme. A powder puff football game could rightly be argued, to be an example of that very thing. So, if you're a feminist, you ought to agree with me right now. If you're a Democrat, a feminist, if you're part of the National Organization of Women, you would agree with me, or at least you should, if you're being intellectually and logically and morally consistent, you should agree with me that powderpuff football, Mr. Strom, is a problem too. Because it's cultural appropriation. You're appropriating something that isn't yours. You're maligning or making fun of or getting people to laugh at someone else's identity. So maybe you shouldn't be doing that. So why in the world would you be using that as an example to double down and make the problem worse? You're going to justify drag queen performances by referring to powder puff football? There's a problem here. That's not very progressive and that's not very quote-unquote liberal. So that's one thing I would say about his logic. And the second thing is, you're actually equating the two morally and logically, ontologically. You're saying that powder puff football is on the same moral plane as this grooming, this blatant grooming of young children in public places. I've got a problem with that. Well, another thing that Mr. Strom says in defense of his position is that we already have laws on the books that allow local city officials, whether it be the mayor, the city council, or the local police staff, to stop this stuff. Well, he knows that's not true. He knows that is just blatantly untrue because the closest town of any size to Mr. Strom is Bartlesville, Oklahoma, where this drag queen performance took place this past summer, and he knows that the city council, the mayor, the police department, is very confused right now as to what rights they have to stop it. There have been protests. There have been town council meetings. It is a mess right now in Bartlesville. Churches are saying we don't want it. Conservative parents are saying we don't want it. The LGBTQ trans community is coming out and saying you have no right to stop us and we're going to sue you if you try. And the city council, the mayor, the police are stymied. They don't know what to do. So don't use that as an argument that, well, everything's okay right now because we already have laws on the books. We don't need to just recreate what we already have. Well, what we already have isn't clear enough to stop it, obviously, because it didn't. So that is a disingenuous argument at best, perhaps even dishonest, or maybe just confused. I don't know. I don't want to challenge anybody's character here. What I'm saying is your position is wrong. It's wrong logically. It's wrong... Ontologically, and remember what ontology is, it's reality. It's the study, uh, and the discussion, the debate of reality. Ontology is, is it real? Epistemology is, how do you know? Well, male and female distinctions are real. How do I know? Because we can observe it empirically, and we've known it since the dawn of time. And to meld those two together and to confuse young children by suggesting that those distinctions, that binary distinction, difference, that binary reality between the male and the female, to confuse young children could result in what? Well, psychological, spiritual, ontological, logical dissonance and disorder. If you remember yesterday, I mentioned that when I spoke with Mr. Strom about a different issue that Really related to the same thing, the drag queen stuff, the trans stuff, um, the rainbow agenda and the indoctrination and confusion of our children to the point where we're actually recommending that they undergo sex change therapy and surgery and that the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital in Oklahoma City was going to receive $50 million of tax money to continue doing this stuff. There was a big outcry, and I obviously was against it. And I asked Representative Strom to vote against the allocation of these dollars. Now, one of his concerns was that if we defunded the hospital and others like it of such funding, of such dollars, that it would exacerbate the problem in Oklahoma of not having enough mental health beds to address an epidemic in Oklahoma of mental disease, mental dysfunction. Well, I have an obvious question here. Is it possible that the constant exposure to periant and sexually provocative discussions, topics, performances, such as drag queen parties in the local public park, is actually contributing to the mental confusion of our children in the first place, and thus you need more beds? It could be that we have found the enemy, and the enemy is ourselves, that we're the ones, through our broken worldview, who are creating the problem that results in our children suffering from that broken worldview. So if you want to fix it, don't keep putting a Band-Aid on it by throwing more tax money at more mental health beds. Maybe you ought to go back to the cause of the disease in the first place and address the carcinogen that's giving you the ideological, moral, and spiritual, and cognitive, and mental cancer. Stop consuming the stuff that's giving you the disease in the first place and stop acting like just putting a Band-Aid on cancer is going to cure it. It won't well that's a different discussion for a different time i suppose but i think you get my point claiming that this that this bill will stop powder puff football games is suggesting a moral equivalency that's just absurd number 1 number 2 turning around and saying well we already have laws on the books that allow us to address this stuff through local officials such as the mayor the city council or the police department That's disingenuous and dishonest because he knows that Bartlesville is struggling with this and still hasn't confronted it properly. They're still wrestling with it. They still don't have an answer or solution. As I speak right now, they still don't know what they're going to do. And finally, if you're going to argue that we have a mental health problem in the state of Oklahoma, then maybe you ought to consider what's causing the disease rather than just figuring out how to put millions of dollars of Band-Aids on the cancer that that you're creating as the result of your... Of your carcinogens, your ideological carcinogens that you're exposing these children to. All right. Now, with that all said, I want you to know that one of my friends wrote to Mr. Strom and asked him to stand against this bill. and It changes his, his vote when it goes to the House floor. And this is what Mr. Strom sent back to my friend. I'm going to read it to you. It says this, and this is Judge Strom, Representative Strom, defending his position. I appreciate you reaching out. I'm always glad when people are paying attention and watching what's going on down here. He's referring to Oklahoma City, the capital. Pertinent to the bill, though, I think it's important to keep in mind that indecency is already outlined in statute. Okay, full stop right there. I've just told you it's not. Okay, it's not outlined in local statute. It's not outlined well enough so that Bartlesville can solve the problem. So that's disingenuous. He keeps saying that. It's not true. All right, back to his response. There's a great definition based on community standards that protects children and is as clearly defined as subjective matters must be. That's contradictory, by the way. He's saying clearly defined as subjective matters must be. Subjective matters are very rarely clearly defined. I don't know why he said it that way, but that's nonsense. Back to his point. I think I find this bill to be a populist puff piece. You'll remember the framers feared populism. Now, what in the world does he mean by that? All right, a populist puff piece. What is populism? Does he know what populism is? Do you know what populism is? What is a populist puff piece, and why is HB 2186 that? Why does Judge Strom claim it to be that? Well, populism is a very poorly defined term, especially in our present era. If you go to The Atlantic, there's a great article in there. And again, you know, if you follow uh, the news at all, that the Atlantic is not necessarily a conservative rag. The article is written in 2020, March 14th of 2020. It's called Populism is Meaningless. It's written by Yasmin, Yasmin, W-A-S-M-E-E-N, Serhan, Serhan. S E R H A N. Again, populism is meaningless. The Atlantic, March 14, 2020. Yasmin Saran. And he argues that reducing the term to a political pejorative results in the word being meaningless and worthless. That's exactly what Judd Strom is doing right now. It's essentially the same thing that's being done by the left or the progressives with regard to fascism. If they disagree with you, they say you're a fascist. AOC, she doesn't like commercials about Jesus in the Super Bowl, so she accuses those that are sponsoring the commercials of being guilty of promoting neo-fascism. And I don't even think she knows what fascism is. Fascism has a definition. And just because you don't like somebody's politics, whether they're left or right, doesn't mean that you just throw that label around indiscriminately and call them a fascist. Use it properly. You know that my first book was titled titled Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. Why was I saying that? I was trying to reclaim the high ground of the accurate definition, the historical definition, the real and right definition of liberalism. A liberal is somebody who believes in liberty. But because we stopped fighting for the proper definition of that term decades, if not centuries ago, it has now become a very poorly defined and perhaps even meaningless term. What do you mean by liberal today? Do you mean somebody who's progressive and and wants to go down a um, subjective path? To use Judge Strom's language here where he says that subjectivity is very well defined. No, subjectivity is often very poorly defined. Use your language properly here. Objective terms are well-defined. Subjective terms are subject to manipulation, feelings, opinions, and emotions. The objectivity of science is not, is not defined subjectively. Uh, use your language properly here. And if you're going to talk about fascism... Understand what fascism is. If AOC is going to use the term, she needs to define it properly and not just use it as a point of disagreement, something to bludgeon people over the head with, which is exactly what fascism is. She was using fascism, ironically enough, to condemn fascism because fascism stems from the word fascist, which is a Roman bundle of sticks that's bound together so tightly that it can't be broken. It's the power of the collective. We will crush you if you disagree with us. If you don't march lockstep with us, if you don't think like us, vote like us, behave like us, look like us, we will crush you. You're verboten. We expel you. You're canceled. That's fascism. Now, who's more guilty of fascism? The people that are buying the Jesus commercials for the Super Bowl or AOC who wants to crush you and me and cancel us when we raise our hand and say, excuse me, we disagree with your politics, with your morality, with your government philosophy and your agenda. That makes us a fascist, I guess, to AOC. She's using the very thing that she's guilty of to bludgeon you into submission. It's the, I can't tolerate your intolerance argument. They're using their intolerance to argue against your intolerance and tell you that you're intolerable while they champion tolerance. It makes no sense. And Judge Strom is committing the exact same mistake when he talks about populism. And he says that House Bill 2186, a bill that merely asks for our representatives to stop public performances of sexually inviting, provocative, salacious, purient behavior in our public parks, especially when our children are around. That's all it does. Why is that a populist puff piece? Well, the reason he uses the language, in my opinion, is because it's the new way to silence our opposition. Throw out a label, call them populists, call it a puff piece, and that will result in you winning the debate. It's a fallacy of ad hominem, if you will. You're, you're labeling your opponent. You're shooting the messenger rather than attending to the message. If you can get everybody to believe that the messenger is a populist, guilty of puffery, then you win. It fails to attend to the argument, to the message, and it just shoots the messenger by labeling him or her a populist. Do you get my point here? What is populism? populism can be defined multiple ways. This article in The Atlantic that I'm referring to right now actually admits that. And this is a writer uh, that says, I cover this stuff all the time. She goes back to a meeting in 1967 where a bunch of academics got together and tried to define populism. She suggests, or is it he? I don't know whether this author is a he or a she based on the first name. I don't know whether Yassim is a male or a female. So forgive me for that. So whoever this author is, male or female, And dare I suggest and digress here, there's a difference between the two. (laughs) Okay, Uh, This writer points out that populism has been used as a political club, really, more so than an accurate and enduring, meaningful term. She talks about the populism of Marine Le Pen in France or Viktor Orban in Hungary. She talks or he talks about the populism of Steve Bannon and the Trump strategists. Was Trump guilty of populism? Was Andrew Jackson a populist? When people in Germany declare that they're populists and proud of it, what what should we think of that? And how about Hillary Clinton? Mainstream figureheads like her uh, and British Prime Minister Tony Blair. Are, Are they guilty of populism? when they extol the virtues of the majority vote, that we stand with the people who, who agree on this particular thing that we're championing right now. Is that populism, or is it a right-wing phenomena? The writer of this article in The Atlantic asks that question in a very honest way. So when Judge Strom uses the language of populism, I'd like to know what he's talking about. Is standing with the people that voted for you populism? Is is listening to the majority voice of those that don't want these parties in their public parks populism? Uh, is is attending to the local, the local voice, the majority of the people that want their community to be protected of this stuff. Is that populism? Is that puffery? Why does he label this bill that? Well, it betrays his disdain for it. He's using negative language in an ad hominem way to call out his opponents for just being foolish. Populists. Puffery. It's just a populist puff piece. Do you get my point here? Is populism nothing but patriotism? Is it nationalism? Is it communism? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about when you use the word populism. I mean, it's, it's kind of back to the debate we had during the elections about being a nationalist or a patriot. What's the difference? If you believe in your nation, if you believe it's exceptional, if you think America is better than Mexico or Canada or France or Spain, does that make you a nationalist? If you believe in having borders that are secure and that when people want to come into our country, they should have to do so legally, does that make you a nationalist? Does that make you a populist? Does that make you a racist? I mean... There are all sorts of implications that you could read into his language of HB 2186 being a populist puff piece. But my point is this, and I'll just end this particular part of my commentary by going back to this Atlantic article. And the closing sentence says this, if everyone is a populist in one way or another, then nobody is a populist. It explains absolutely everything and therefore it explains absolutely nothing and that's spot on and I'm glad for the honesty of this writer for the Atlantic whom I assume probably disagrees with me in a lot of my conservative positions but I really respect people that disagree with me that do it honestly and admit that there's a chink in their armor too and that's what this article actually highlights somebody who's willing to be intellectually honest And say, if everyone is a populist in one way or another, then nobody is a populist. And if populism can be used as a bludgeon to silence your opponent, then it's worthless because it can be used to silence you too as soon as somebody has more political power than you do. That's the problem with Judge Strom's reasoning. Now, there are all sorts of other things wrong with his letter. I didn't have time to read the whole thing to you. But the lack of logic and consistency, the lack of honesty in terms of what's going on in his own backyard, and the way he so easily uses this ad hominem attack of populism to silence his opponents and discredit them, that should concern you, and you should let him know. So call him and email him and tell him so. I'm Dr. Ever Piper, and this is The Rebellion.